Welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast, where we learn to build heroes in our homes to help our kids be prepared for their life journeys. Hi, I'm your host, Molly Christensen, and I love to encourage and mentor you on your path. Hey everyone, welcome to the Building Heroes Podcast today. I'm excited to have a special guest with us. This is Janine Gasick, and she lives in a super cool place, and I'll probably let you tell more about her story, but she's also been a serial entrepreneur for ever since she was young and has started lots of businesses, and she's also um, gone a different route with what she does for educating her children as well. So welcome, Janine, and why don't you tell us your story, because I'm sure you'll do a better job than I will. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Molly. Thanks so much for having me on. I'm really looking forward to this chat today. So to tell you a little bit about myself, I, uh, I've lived in Bali, Indonesia for I think now just over 17 years, possibly 18. I've stopped counting. Um, but I, it was about five years ago, my husband and I, and we had another business partner, um, were working in a business and we had kind of reached this stage uh, where things felt a little bit unknown. Um, we weren't really sure how to move forward. Things were feeling a little bit heavy and um, frustrating. And so we were at the stage in our family where we, I don't know, I, I, I guess I felt like we needed to stir things up a little, something needed to change. And so we had built a house in Bali. And so we decided to, to sell the house or list it for sale. And we were looking at different things that we could do next. You know, maybe a different business or shift the business in some way. And so in this process, we also decided that with our kids, that if they were doing something that had a bit more flexibility, we as a family would also have a bit more flexibility. So we started looking at some different schooling options for them. And they were at a international school here in Bali and things were going fine. Like, I think they were enjoying it. It was a good school. It was a holistic school. Um, but we were also finding that our like our family conversations were not quite as engaging, you know, just things weren't totally resonating. And so we started looking for an option um, with a bit more flexibility and we found a program uh, in Canada called Self-Design. And when I read the website, uh, it was everything that I had ever thought education should look like. There was a lot of freedom, there was a lot of autonomy. It was basically self-designing your life, self-designing your education. And so we talked to the kids, we enrolled the kids, and really that's kind of where our journey started. It really flipped our lives, our family kind of upside down. And that's where things just really started to shift and change, not only for the kids, um, not only for our family, but us as the parents as well. So maybe that's a, is that a good, a good enough start into the journey? <laughs> yeah, I like that. And I, I, I actually do want to hear a little more, you know, you said that was the start of your journey. So like, how did it improve your life? Cause you said before it was kind of flat and things weren't resonating. So mm -hmm. when you made the shift to pull your kids out of the international school and go into self-designing, 
you know, what did that do for you and your, your kids? Well, I think probably one of the first things that happened was we started out, well, the kids started out looking at this learning journey um, pretty much like traditional schools. So it started out looking at what does a day look like? And so we started to schedule, you know, from eight to nine, I'm going to do this from nine to 10, I'm going to do this. And here's my schedule. And here's my subjects that fit in. And with, uh, with the self-design program, what you get is a learning facilitator. And so what a learning facilitator does is she basically helps to promote learning within the family. So she doesn't teach. She basically meets with the kids, meets with the parents to try to um, find out ways to explore and be curious. So anyway, so we started with the schedule. And so she said, you know, does that work for you? <laughs> and so it was interesting because it took quite a long time for us to realize that the patterns that we had developed in our lives actually didn't work for us. We weren't happy with them. We weren't functioning well. We weren't motivated. And so that's kind of where it almost gave us the permission to change it, which was a huge shift, I, I think, just in itself that it's like, oh, okay, I don't have to work in one hour increments. You know, could I work in two hour increments or could I work project and work on a project in the afternoon and then a project, you know, in the morning? Or do you allow yourself some time to just go with the flow? You know, so I think that was probably one of the very first things that shifted is that we all started to play with, you know, what our schedule looked like, how we wanted it to look, how we wanted to feel. Um, yeah, and I think that's kind of, it took time. I mean, it certainly wasn't a quick process, right? Because you have to, I guess that's where a lot of the unlearning and the unschooling kind of comes from, that it's, you were very used to, as we are in professional lives, we're very used to working from one hour to another hour, you know, we're, we're programmed to work like that. And so it was really unprogramming, unlearning, allowing ourselves to think that it could look different. So that was probably one of the very first uh, changes. Oh, well, I love that. And before we move on to the next one, let's, let's talk about that just a little bit more because, sure. you know, what I was thinking when you said at first you're, you're, looking at a like traditional school, I think a lot of times we feel like we need a schedule because the kids are like, what do I, just tell me what I have to do to be done with school so I can get it out of the way. And that's kind of sad if we look at that in more depth because, you know, it's not, learning should not just be something we get out of the way and get done because when we do it right, man, it's, mm -hmm. They can do it all day long and no one has to yeah. nag them <laughs> if they're interested, right? Yeah. And, and I love the question that she asked. So does that work for you? And I think a lot of times we don't question the systems in our lives. We just do them because they've always been done that way. Mm -hmm. and, and I think I wrote that question down because I'm like, that is such a good question because really we should be doing that for the rest of our lives. You know, mm -hmm. we create these patterns and systems in our lives, but we should probably ask, is that working for us? 
<laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, and as the kids were going through this, I was asking myself the same question in our business. And that's why I see such a connection between, you know, being an entrepreneur and this learning journey is that you do, it, it is a repeated question of, is this working for me? You know, is this working for me? Is this working for our partner? Is this working in our business? And, and it was a parallel experience. The kids were going through it. And so were we as parents, which, uh, yeah, definitely made the, uh, it, it helped for, helped us to relate to what the kids were going through because it's not necessarily an easy um, time or position to be in when you start to question yourself, you start to question how you're doing it and is that you know we want to kind of go back to that comfortable easy place where someone tells us what to do and this is how it is and so it definitely um yeah there's an uncomfortable part in that journey which i think is part of the hero's journey as well right it's not this easy perfect flowing you know it's all written out and we we just go with it there's there are obstacles and those those are the things that actually shift our thinking and shift our learning and, and helps us to look at things in a new way. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, people say this all the time, there's no growth in the comfort zone, but mm. it's uncomfortable to get out of the comfort zone. <laughs> That's the part we forget about. <laughs> yeah, so true, so true. But like you talk about in the hero's journey, that is, you know, when we frame it like it's part of the journey, then it, it starts to feel a little bit better you know, I did a, um, an exercise actually that um, it was writing about kind of like your, your life history, but you tell it like once upon a time. And, it, and it's an amazing exercise that everyone should do because it really, you start to see that there were things that went wrong or things that, you know, maybe were uncomfortable that actually steered your life in a different way, but it took you to where you are. So those things were necessary. But when you tell it like a story, so first of all, it's once upon a time. So it's separate from you. You can see the whole thing. And it like, it's like you said, it's the same like the hero's journey. You see the full picture and then you can say, oh, I can see how that one point created a shift for me or allowed me to kind of steer my life. But in a different direction, but you don't necessarily see it clearly at that time because you're kind of in the weeds and, you know. Right, right, yeah. yeah. That is one reason why I love the hero's journey because it does, it separates it from you, which is important because a lot of times we, we take our stories on as our self-worth and then yeah. we can't see things clearly. So if we can see it as a separate story, so I love this idea of writing as once upon a time, there was this, young mother who was a mess, you know, that was <laughs> the start of mine, but uh, I'm, I'm yeah. an old mother now, but yeah, <laughs> we haven't got to the end yet, but, yeah. um, you know, just writing it like that, it, it, mm. it separates from you, and then you can see all these things that happened in your life, and why they were there, and, you know, really, if we think about it, too, if we went to the movie to watch a movie, that had no obstacles, we would be bored out of our wits. Yes. So having all these things on our path mm -hmm. is what makes life an adventure. And, yes, and it, it's nice to know that, you know what? It's not because I'm being bad. It's not because, you know, life is throwing me a bad hand of cards. 
it's because it's part of the adventure. Mm -hmm. And then I think when you accept that too, that it's part of the adventure, you kind of allow yourself to um, kind of learn tools and ways to cope with these things that happen. And I think that's also part of the learning process is saying, okay, yes, this is part of it. You know, and I think that's the whole kind of emotional intelligence bit that you are really aware of yourself, of your situation, what it looks like, how you're feeling, you know, you're able to kind of learn how to, yeah, process it and deal with it and put it into a picture um, where you don't, where it doesn't feel so overwhelming and terrifying, you know, as it can often yeah. feel at the time when we see those, feel those obstacles. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you know, I'm all for always learning new tools and skills for myself so I can teach them to my kids too, because that's really, you know, it's, I, I like to think, you know, we just have this backpack of tools to help us on our journey. As, and as we go along, we may collect more and we don't have to wait till we get it all full to actually go on the journey. <laughs> because yeah. Some of them we would never learn if we didn't yeah. get to that space on our journey. Yes, you know, absolutely. like you were saying with your whole sending your kids to this different type of school, you know, some mm -hmm. of these things you would have never have learned unless that was the choice you've made. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think, yeah, that first stage of it where you where we were unlearning and trying to see things differently, um, it is difficult and you don't necessarily have a lot of tools um, in your backpack at that point, you know, you're, you're really trying to sort through it. But I think the, the thing that connected us um, as a family was that as we were experiencing this, the kids were as well. And what, you know, we really tried to do is really just have conversations about it, because I think it also makes it a bit more acceptable that you're struggling or that it's hard, or I don't know what to do. You know, we tried to just really be honest with the kids. It's like, listen, this is new for us too. I don't know what the answer is, you know, and I, I can't tell you exactly what is the next step and how to do it. And so that created this, this conversation. And I think a big one for me is like, is the mutual respect that, you know, I'm not trying to stand there as this parent that kind of knows it all. And that my, you know, my backpack is completely full of tools and ways to cope with these things, but that I'm learning as well. And when they see I'm learning and they're learning, there is, there's this, there's an understanding and a respect that I think really changes the dynamics in a, in a relationship or in a family. No, I love that. I, I do. And because not only were you learning, but you were willing to learn and you were also willing to make the mistakes mm -hmm. <laughs> because I, I think often as parents we have this huge weight on us and we feel like we need to be perfect yeah. <laughs> and that truly doesn't actually make for the best parenting no our, absolutely. our kids think we can never make mistakes because then that's what they grew up thinking mm -hmm. and I think that is a uh, you know, to, to talk through those moments when you've failed or you're nervous or you don't know what to do, you know, like you said, we're, we're trying to put on this perfect parent role. Um, and I, I don't think it's helpful for them. I think they need to see that 
you know, we're also questioning and struggling and, and thinking and wondering and that that's okay, you yeah. know, that, you know, that's what, you know, a supportive family can do for each other is to ask questions and to, to discuss it. And I think a lot gets, um, we learn a lot from those discussions and they learn too that, and I think that was probably one of my biggest lessons um, in this whole thing is that, yeah, I, you know, we're learning all the time. It's always, um, yeah, we're just putting ourselves into these different situations. And we as parents need to set that example that these things are okay, you know, that we're, um, yeah, we're learning and growing too. And there's no, you know, perfect way. And it is a, it is a conversation that, that needs to happen in a family. Yeah, absolutely. I really like how you said that because, you know, I think a lot of times too, as parents, we feel like we need to make our kids achieve a certain level before they leave our homes. Mm -hmm. But I, I think part of that is that we feel, um, well, we feel responsible, which is good. We should, yeah. <laughs> but, but we also feel like that we're, we're going to be looked upon poorly, or we will feel like failures if they don't reach a certain level. Mm -hmm. And, and part of that is not going to work if that level is defined by the world, what everybody else says your kids should be. And yeah. so in that respect, mm -hmm. well, I think it's important to ask the question and I, you know, do this, you know, is ask the question, what do we want them to develop? Like, what are the skills that are important? And so I started doing research for a book um, and that was, that was my first step really is kind of going, okay, what would I want or what do I want for my children? And also what are the skills needed for the future? And it's so interesting when you actually take the time and ask that question, which is another thing I think every parent should do is, you know, what do I actually really want for them? You know, and how will that help them in the future? Because I think, you know, like you said earlier, we kind of just, we, we go with this, with this flow of, you know, expectations and this is what it should look like. And this is what they should come away with, but we're not really thinking about what that looks like in their future life. And so I think when we actually take the time and think about these questions, like how would we answer that? What do we want them to have? And then starting to think about how can I offer that to them? You know, so if emotional intelligence, for example, is one of them, which I think is a big one because you see that, um, <laughs> you know, adults that are struggling. Needed in you know, this world with, now. In yes. this world, yeah. <laughs> it's deeply needed, right? Yes. That it's like, so then you think, okay, well then how do you develop that, right? And when you actually ask yourself these questions, I think everyone will kind of realize that we need to go through these experiences. We need to feel them. We need to show them as parents that we're going through them and how we're, coping and handling and and then there has to be discussion and some reflection about what does that look like and why did it happen that way you know are there things that we could do differently can we learn from others 
you know, can we make adjustments ourselves? And I just think there's often no time to, for us also to ask the question or for children to actually have the time to think through these processes and discuss them enough that they're growing their emotional intelligence because we're rushing through this so fast. It's like, you're dealing with a situation. Okay, this is what happened. Let's fix it. You're right, you're wrong you know, or some kind of resolution, you know, we won't do that anymore or, you know, say sorry. But are we really, are we really giving the time to sort through that? And I think that's a big thing is if we start asking the questions, what we want to learn, I think it would shift everybody's thinking. Oh, absolutely. I totally agree with that. And, and I think what that also does too is Okay, well, I'll tell you this. When my son was about, my oldest son was about seven years old, I did do something like this where I went through and I wrote down everything that I wanted him to know, be, and do by the time he left our house. Mm -hmm. This was quite a list, I'll tell you. <laughs> I'm like, pretty much impossible because there was so much on it. But I was like, I just want the best for him, right? And the thing is, too, is a lot of times people don't want to write stuff down because they're afraid they can't accomplish it, right? But I just mm -hmm. thought, you know what, I'm just going to go for it. I'm going to write everything. Why not? Mm -hmm. So I, I wrote all this down, and I actually lost the paper for a while because it's kind of back in the day when I didn't, you know, 20 years ago when I didn't save everything mm -hmm. on Google Docs. And <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I kind of forgot about it, right? But... You know, even though I didn't look at it, and I think it resurfaced probably some years later, and I looked at it and I was like, wow, we actually did do a lot of these things. And so just the very act of writing it down was amazing because it's put it in my brain and my brain started looking for ways to do that. But at the mm -hmm. same time, I could have, oh, <coughs> excuse me, I could have been completely overwhelmed and started thinking, oh no. I have to do all of these things and then put so much pressure on myself and then put all the pressure on my kid. I did start out that way, but I think losing yeah. the paper was actually a great blessing because I forgot <laughs> and I started learning other ways of how kids learn. And so I could take the pressure off, but because I took the pressure off in the meantime, these yeah. things started happening. And when I reviewed those lists and I look at my kids that have graduated, I'm like, always astounded at how many of the things that they actually ended up doing mm. and I didn't even tell them they had to because <laughs> they didn't even know mm -hmm. about the list and I didn't make yeah. that but the beautiful thing is is that when you decide what it is that you want for your kids you mm -hmm. can still like what you're saying you can learn along with them you don't mm -hmm. have to be an expert in all of those things thank goodness yes yes absolutely and I think that is one of the fears for a lot of parents when it comes to homeschooling is that they need to know everything. And I think it's, it's so far from the truth because I think the joy, exactly like you said, is learning with them, is that when they take on some new topic, I mean, and this happens constantly with my children, it's, you know, they'll come up with something else and it's like, I know nothing about that. Like nothing, Let's you know, so then it, yeah. yeah. And so then you, you start to like, I've developed interest where I was like, oh, okay. Like, I didn't know that. I didn't know that even existed. So then 
you know, I would start digging and, and it creates conversation. And again, there's that, that mutual um, kind of respect and understanding that there's times that they know more than I do. And so tell me about it. Like, I want to hear about it. What does that mean? Or, you know, my, my son is quite technical. So it's like a lot of um, like works with machines and how things function. And my, my brain just doesn't quite get those things, you know? And so he'll come and he'll say like an engine looks like this and this is what this does. And I think like, that's great. Like, I don't need to know it all, but I can ask questions like, well, why doesn't, you know, why doesn't this work? Or, you know, what do you mean by that? And that type of learning is, I mean, it's good for both of us. I'm learning something new and he's developing it. And also when a, when a child or anyone uh, teaches something, you get a totally different level of understanding, which is, I think, is another point. I don't need to, you know, know all of this information and only pass it to him. Him giving it back to me is, is a really big part of the process. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. Mm -hmm. And I think it get it's get that gets ignored so much where mm -hmm. we don't ever allow our kids to teach back. Yeah. Now, even like my my 12-year-old son's just been into Rubik's cubes. Mm. So, you know, he likes to teach other people how to solve them, you know, yeah. and that just cements, you know, his thought. I can't think of the word here. <laughs> but it cements yeah. his way of solving it. And he knows it so much better when he reteaches it. And we all we know this is the process, but for some reason it gets overlooked all the time. <laughs> Yeah, totally. It makes no sense. It's like, yeah, I, I, you know, again, kind of when we think about it, it's like, yeah, we don't have to have it all and pass it on. It's that exchange of words and knowledge and conversation and questioning and curiosity. And like you said, we know this. We know this is true that when you when you teach something, you you get a deeper level of understanding. So why don't we allow that? I mean, that is a I think that should be a huge part of any child's learning journey. Absolutely. teaching it back, teaching it to somebody else, sharing the knowledge in some and way. The thing is, it comes up naturally when they are interested and they're Absolutely. passionate. It's like, we don't have to assign this. If we assign it, it kind of kills it. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, and that they was definitely, yeah. yes. Yeah. That was another uh, part of the learning in my journey is that I don't need to make them motivated. I don't need to make them disciplined. They naturally do those things when they have the time and the freedom and the, and the uh, choice to learn things that they're interested in. You know, like you said, they, they want to do it. Like I'm not making a list of here's these things. He's interested in motors and wants to know mm -hmm. how they work. And so he does the work. I'm not assigning chapters of how to, you know, how a motor functions, you know, <laughs> he's coming to me going, wow, did you know this? And did yeah. you know that, you know, and that is, it's a, it, it's that intrinsic motivation that comes with a freedom of making your own choices of what you're learning. Well, absolutely. Because I also look at my own life too, because hmm. I think a lot of adults think, oh good, school's done, never have to learn again, which right. is kind of sad. Because like, our life is a journey. We're supposed to be improving and becoming better. And we do that by learning and growing. But, you know, in my life, I think, okay, I could learn all day long about things I'm interested in, you know, or our 
are or pertain to the projects that I'm working on. Like maybe I'm not quite interested in this area, but I'm going to do it because I know it's going to get me to the greater whole. Like for example, my business, you know, I have learned so much about running a business that I never even knew I wanted to know, but if I'd have been assigned, I don't know, maybe I wouldn't have done it, but it had practical application to what I wanted to get done with my project. But at the same time, I could find it interesting enough because I knew it would move my project along. And that's how the kids will learn too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think a lot of the situations, I think if we reflect back on how we would want that situation to go, you know, if it like exactly like what you were saying, if if somebody said to us, okay, now you have to learn, you know, this, that, this, you know, and you're looking at it going like, you know, it's really not interesting to me. Are you going to start diving and, and looking for information and watching videos and reading articles? No, <laughs> you're, you're not like you're naturally not. doesn't matter if you're a child or an adult. Yeah. You're not going to do that. I mean, I might, I might be willing to go learn it for the test so I can get the kudos of a good grade. But immediately right. after, I'm going to forget 95% yes. of it. Yeah, totally. which was my, yeah, which was most of my education. I was a very good memorizer. Uh-huh. You know, I could read the book, memorize the things and regurgitate the information very well. I, I did not retain it because I didn't understand uh-huh. how it was, how it was relevant or how it related to anything. Oh, so true. I mean, when I first started homeschooling my kids, mm-hmm. I realized I knew barely anything about history, <laughs> even though I had mm-hmm. straight A's. Mm-hmm. I didn't like it. And when I started teaching my kids the stories and how they applied to our lives, I was like, wow, this is interesting. And, you know, now my kids all love history, but I had no idea Mm -hmm. because it was all dates and memorizing the names and forgetting it after the test. Yeah, that's right. And that isn't interesting. It's, It's a skill to be able to memorize and to regurgitate again, but it's really not. It's, it's not causing curiosity. It's not yeah. asking questions. It's not trying to find patterns or connecting events or, and that's definitely like, I, I definitely resonate with the history thing. Cause that was something that I found zero interest in growing up. And now I'm starting to see connections with things with, you know, with art, with music and politics and religion and, and how all of these things in the past that have happened have have influence on different areas, but I've only learned that because we have dug into different areas and topics that have been of interest to my kids. Yeah, which is awesome. So I love how you just take this whole idea of education too, and you made it part of your family culture. Mm-hmm. And, and you said that's one of the big changes that you had when you made the shift. Do you yeah. want to speak more to that? Or did you have another change that you were thinking of that I um, forgot to ask you? No, about. I think one of the things which I, I, I'm not sure I kind of articulated earlier was this idea that um, what, what we do as parents is kind of the model for the kids. And so what I was noticing for myself in all of this process is that I was running this business, um, but I really wasn't engaged any longer. And I thought, if is this the example that I want to set for my kids as, you know, this is how you go through life of just like putting in the time, pushing through the 
work, you know, doing the projects because you need to, or you have to. And I, yeah, and I think that was a big moment for me where I, I thought to myself, I don't want them to see this example as a role model. Like I wanna, I wanna wake up and I wanna feel alive. I wanna feel engaged and vibrant about what I'm working on and passionate and that there's a cause and a purpose. And it, it just really kind of once I had those realizations, you know, we've since then, uh, since that time downsized our, our first business, which we ran for 15 years. Um, and now I'm, yeah, and I'm trying to find all of the ways and all of the things that actually inspire me and what is my purpose. And that was a big thing that, you know, we all worked together on is that, you know, what is meaningful to you? which, you know, was the values, we did a values exercise at the beginning, um, which uh, we each individually did kind of a set of core values, which our uh, learning facilitator had suggested. And I really, it was a pivotal point for our family because not only did I realize that these core values were kind of a map to navigate your own life, it gave a huge insight into the fact that everyone in a family is different. And obviously I, I logically understood that and knew that, but when we did the core values work, it was a whole different level of understanding because we, we would give the, the core value and then we would, we would explain how we would want that to show up in our lives or in our family. And then you could see, it's kind of where the, the empathy kind of comes in where you start to see yourself in the other person's shoes going, oh, wow, I didn't realize that that was so important to you. And then you start to realize as a family, you really have to work with the dynamics of each person for it to really function and work well as a family. And so that was a huge exercise for our family that shifted a lot of the thinking Oh, I really love that. I mean, and you said so many good things there. Like, you know, I, I like that in your journey story that part of your obstacle was maybe even really just feeling too complacent and too comfortable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not always something big that comes up and just smacks in front of you, but you mm -hmm. took that as an opportunity to make changes. And you know, not everybody does. It takes courage to change out of comfortable situations that aren't so comfortable because, you know, there's more. Yeah. Okay. And then, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say an interesting thing on that point is that, like I said, I've been doing research for this book. Um, basically, it's kind of a book about a child's learning journey and what that could look like and how it can look different. Um, but in the interviews that I've been doing, one of the interesting things that I've noticed is that a lot of people that have homeschooled uh, seem to be more accepting of change. And um, it's kind of like that resilience, flexibility, adaptability, because you're doing it all the time. In, in, a, in an environment where you're kind of, you're allowed to kind of shift and change and things are always kind of moving and different within the family and that's allowed, you seem to become more resilient to 
that change as it happens further in life. Like I interviewed a guy in his 40s and he had been um, kind of unschooled, self-directed schooled. And he said, basically, that's you could see that pattern throughout his life where he would kind of get this feeling of something's not quite right, but it didn't scare him. It wasn't a fear based um, reaction to it. It was like, oh, that must mean that I need. Yeah. 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 I need to adjust something. I need to change, yeah. which I think is was a beautiful thing to hear that uh, that ability to move i mean and we can see in the way the world is is right now i mean anything when when there's major changes it, the initial instinct is fear mm -hmm. you know for a lot of people so i think kind of getting to that place of, like i think it goes a bit back to emotional intelligence again and yeah. self-awareness for sure and i also think too it's it is kind of built in our culture and in our school systems where we say here's the system this is what you got to do don't there's no flexibility because this is what you have to do and i yeah. think that is kind of built into a lot of us so it makes sense that homeschoolers could be a little more flexible that way yeah yeah, yeah definitely and you can yeah i mean and you can see in the ways that we've been brought up exactly like you said that it is that has been taught to us that it's like things go this way you know there's this step and then there's that step and you know, we follow it and, you know, it's kind of like the typical view of, you know, you go to school, you go to university, you know, or secondary, you come out, you get married, you have children, you buy a house, you know, like it has a pattern. And I think, you know, allowing um, everyone, child or adult to know that, you know, it doesn't have to look like that. It's your own journey. It's yeah. going to look its own way. It's going to take its own shape. And all we can do is help each other navigate it. For sure. And I think maybe part of this whole thing is too, is that we're not really taught to trust ourselves. No. When we're growing up, we don't trust our intuition. We're taught that we have, we can only trust the experts and what other people tell us to do. And that, that is in the whole system where we have teachers telling us what we have to learn, <laughs> even if it doesn't make sense. And so we do it. But as we start to learn our, to trust ourselves, yes. then we can understand how to better go on our journey. But I wanna circle back to what you're talking about with the values, because mm -hmm. I think that right there helps us trust ourselves more when we mm -hmm. realize what we really value. And then we mm -hmm. can ask, does that work for you? <laughs> mm -hmm. Does that work for me? Uh, it's probably the better question, but uh, if we're asking ourselves, but um, yeah. So just getting really clear on what you value, it's going to make you be a lot more confident in trusting yourself instead mm -hmm. of trying to follow what all these different voices in the world are telling us. Because there's, you can find an expert for any side of any situation. <laughs> yes. you know? it, it, it's just so important to know how to listen Mm -hmm. to your own gut your own intuition no oh, yeah that is such a that is such a huge topic and you said so many good things in there um I think one of the things that I came out um again in this whole process is realizing how important kind of that trust and that confidence in ourselves exactly as you said you know we look externally for how to do things, whether it's 
you know, running a business or homeschooling our kids or making changes in our own life when really we actually have all of that within ourselves already, but we have been conditioned to think that we need to go to the expert for this or for that. And I really do believe that I think it, and because our journey is our own, no one can tell us how to do it. I mean, it's our own, it's different. Huh? We might be able to offer some suggestions like this has worked for you uh, and I can listen to that. But in the end, I have to have the trust in myself and the confidence to kind of follow my own path. And I started and I created a, a 21 day program based out of all the things that I tried at this point um, when we first started this with the kids, because I I started thinking, well, I need to get back to myself. Like I need to get back to who, who I am and what I want and to hear kind of that intuitive voice again. Cause I almost felt like it was lost. Like it went away, you know, when you kind of had that gut feeling, it was like, where is that? Yes. And so I started doing all of these exercises, um, realizing that what I think I was, it's kind of this idea of like when people come and they say, you know, here's like the five things that you should have in your morning routine, you know? And it's like, well, you can't possibly, like, again, it's like you can offer suggestions of what you do in yours, but I need to know for myself what to do in mine as my children need to know for themselves what to do in theirs. And I kind of use this process of with the kids and with myself of trying all these different things to see if it resonates. So let's say, you know, journaling. Mm -hmm. So I might do journaling and find that it does nothing for me, you know, whereas maybe one of my kids will say, oh, like that just allowed me to put everything on the page and out of my head, you know, or meditation or, you know, any of those things that kind of fit into like a daily routine or a morning routine, we need to do those things on our own you know, we have to, we have to find it within ourselves. Like it's, it's absolutely the, the trust and the confidence and the intuitive feeling that it's already there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it's not that I'm knocking, I'm not knocking experts because experts do have knowledge that can be helpful. It's the problem is yeah. that when we blindly take it on and just say, this is how we have to do it without yeah. checking it. Yeah. yeah. And we have to be curious. Yeah. Is this yeah. working for me? Do, you know, do I like how that makes me feel? You know, yeah. does my body respond well to that? You know, do I feel a sense of, you know, acceptance with that? Or am I feeling this resistance? You know, it's yeah. again, the self-awareness of how, how we, how we feel when we take on something and you're right, like there are experts and for sure, there's knowledge that we can learn, but we always, I think always in anything that we take on, we have to actually ask ourselves the question, does this work for me? Yeah. Is it taking me where I want to go? Do I like how it makes me feel? Absolutely. I'm, and, mm -hmm. you know, I've been homeschooling for 20 years. I can help people, you know, yes, homeschool more confidently because I would say I'm an expert in this field, but I would never want you to do exactly what I tell you to do. <laughs> yes. yes. Serve you, you know. Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Yeah. You have to give it your own twist. You've got to. You've got to find your way in it. As as in the hero's journey, you have to find your way through it. Mine's going to be different than yours. You can tell me what happened 
in yours and how you dealt with, you know, certain things uh-huh. or certain parts of the journey, but mine is mine and I'm going to face different things. And, and it's the same with our kids is like we can, uh-huh. we can offer them things that we have learned in our lives, but ultimately they need to experience it in their own way. And we're there to support and to respect and to talk. You know, that's what we yeah. can do as And parents. that's the thing too is, you know, as parents, we need to learn to trust ourselves and follow our intuition, but we need to teach our kids how to do the same thing. Yes. So yes. important. Yes. I ask my kids that all the time. It's like, well, how does that feel for you? You know, like my daughter, especially, we have a lot of conversations about, you know, when there's, there, she's 13. Um, and so when there's, you know, issues with friends or a discussion um, about something and it's like, well, how does, you know, what do you, what do you think, you know, inside yourself, what's, what does your instinct tell you, you know, and from a very young age, she's been quite good at really trusting her instinct. I think you have to support that, yes. that when their instinct tells them something, we can't come back as the parent and say, well, you know, you know, probably what we should do is, you know, show up at that party or do this thing or say this thing. We have to, uh, we have to support that when their, you know, their instincts tell them something that we say, okay, yes, let's do it that way and trust, uh-huh. you know, and it is, it's a tough one. I don't know, sometimes I question like, why is that so hard to kind of trust in that? Because, you know, we can say, I believe in instincts and gut feelings, but sometimes there's, yeah, maybe it's just, just the programming of, you know, we should do this and expectations oh, of others. We don't want them to mess up because yes. we don't want them to struggle because we know it hurts. But yes. when we can see the bigger picture that it's part of the journey and, and that's yeah. how they're going to learn how to hone in on their their instincts and their intuition. So we need to allow them for sure. I totally agree with that. So this morning I I actually heard this clip that I'd never heard before and I thought, oh, this is excellent. And it goes right along with what we're talking about here. And it's said by Thomas Carlyle. And he said, none of us will ever accomplish anything excellent or commanding except when he listens to this whisper, which is heard by him alone. I just I, I love that because that's really what it comes down to when we're raising our kids is as we're helping them go along on their journey and we're helping them do that. They're never going to be able to do it unless they learn to hear that whisper, which is his wall. Yeah, totally. Yeah, on my wall I have quiet the mind and the soul will speak. Because I think that's another one is like we can get very busy in this way of, of thinking and doing and checking things off and progressing and um, but actually when you have the space for thinking and, and slowing slowing down I think is a huge one that was another part of the, the 21 day journey is in like full speed ahead mode most of the time. Um, and I think slowing down and being able to actually have some moments of to look internally, um, yeah, it makes a it makes a huge difference. Yeah, for sure. Well, I want to thank you so much for coming on today. I love chatting with you and hearing all your amazing ideas and you know making some things 
even click in my brain and go, oh yeah, that connects with that. I love that. (laughs) I really enjoyed it. Thank you. And so why don't you tell our listeners where they can find you? And also you mentioned that you did this values exercise. So tell them about the free gift that you have on your website as well. Yes, I would love to. So the website is remindfullife.com. And so the, when you sign up now, there's a free values assessment. So you can do it yourself. You can do it with your family, with your spouse, with other friends, um, a really good way of understanding yourself more and having a bit of a map to navigate decisions and whatnot. And yeah, join there for um, more information too on the 21 day journey. Like I talked about a little bit earlier, it's a bit of like a, I call it a clarity and alignment journey. So it's a bit of playing with some of these different ideas that we talked about today in short daily snippets that is about let's say 10 to 15 minutes a day so that's kind of a mini course um, that's also offered you can take a look at the details on the website and um, yeah any other offers there there's a blog where I write about um, kind of my experience um, as a business woman and mother and homeschooler and unschooler so there's uh, more stories and uh, good details in there so please come and have a look. Well, I love that. I'm definitely going to go over and check that values assessment out. I think it's been a while since we've done that over here. But yeah, good one to repeat every, every few sure. years. For sure. Well, thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much, Molly. Thanks for listening to the Building Heroes podcast. Can you help more people join the Building Heroes movement by sharing this podcast? More people can find it when you subscribe to the show, rate it, and leave a review. For more help on Building Heroes in your home, get the free Building Heroes resources at www.buildingheroesacademy.com.